I'm Ron Sisko. Welcome back to Focus. Today, I guess I kind of rushed into that one. I wanted to talk about forest bathing, which is a trend that I guess was developed in the 1980s by the Japanese forest uh, forest industry, maybe their parks department. Uh, let me look that up real quick, because that's what I want to do on a podcast is look it up. It was the uh, Agriculture, Agriculture, Forestry, and Fisheries of Japan. Um, Back in the 1980s, because they were they were trying to get people to connect through nature, and that's that's fine. I think that's a wonderful idea. Um, I'm kind of bothered by the fact that we we have a word for it. We continue to use forest bathing as uh, as as a I guess a trendy way of 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 saying something that had always been there. You know, it's it's not new to to sit in a forest and and appreciate uh, what's going on. The, the problem with the idea of forest bathing is it's so confined to the forest. And, um, and it's one of the things that I kind of uh, discovered, happened upon, I guess, um, when I introduced the moment of silence. And I've, I'm kind of killing that on, on Instagram because I don't like Instagram. But, um, but I think I wanted to make it a, a bonus for the Patreon backers who are, who are interested. So coming soon, um, if not already... I was going to start putting up moments of silences that I've collected over the course of of um, of my time. I don't know, traveling across the world or the United States. First started doing that in uh, in England, in in I guess it was Scotland. I think the first time, Ireland, maybe Ireland, Giants Causeway. Um, it's something I do a lot everywhere we go, and it doesn't matter if it's. Um, the city, it doesn't matter if it's uh, a coastline, sometimes when, when you can't, if you don't stop to, to look at what you're doing and, and why you've been somewhere, then, then you don't have an appreciation for why you went in the first place. And so every time we go somewhere, even if it's a place that I don't want to go, I like to sit in silence and absorb the noise. And I think the reason people like forest bathing is because and I really don't like the term, is because they, they, I, the idea is that they're, they're uh, in seclusion and that they're bathed in the sounds of nature. And I don't believe that that's necessary to find yourself because they say there's health benefits. I don't know how true that is um, because it's another wishy-washy thing. It's wonderful to take time for yourself. Meditation is good for you. That's, that's proven to, to clear your mind and to reduce the amount of stress that you have, at least for a period of time to be able to give yourself uh, a sense of oneness. You know, those, those, those things have general, genuine benefits. And I just assume that forest bathing being something similar is exactly the same thing. Anytime I go out in, and I find a moment, and it doesn't have to be in a forest. Sometimes it's a cliffside. Sometimes it's next to a field. Sometimes it's next to an ocean. It, sometimes it's, it's at the top of a building in, in a, a skyscraper or, or, or something. Anytime you have a moment... You stop, and you listen, and you feel, and, and, and breathe in the atmosphere. And sometimes it's not great. Like Denver, uh, is <laughs> Denver the city, it has some really bad pollution. And having just been in Denver, I can say for certain that, that you can smell it, but it's still part of that, that moment that you're trying to capture. To say that I have a problem with forest bathing is accurate, but I have a problem with the concept of it because of how limiting it is. Uh, outside of the whole, you know, wishy-washy, trendy Instagram, um, God, I really am bitter about Instagram, huh? But, but that's the idea is that I've seen so many pictures. The reason I became, 
uh, aware of the term forest bathing is because I had seen a picture on Instagram of somebody taking a picture of themselves. I don't know if it was a selfie or it seemed like it, it was in that range and, and they hashtagged it forest bathing. To me, um, it's strange to share an image of yourself doing it because I don't feel like it, it belies the idea. And so usually um, I'll go to a location and I'll, I'll listen and I'll feel and I'll breathe. And when I find that I can clear my mind for a moment, even if there are people around, because people are part of nature, people are part of what we do. Machinery, maybe not so much. Cars are kind of distracting. Trucks. But, but just to, to listen and to be, just to be, that doesn't have to be in a forest. That doesn't have to be on a cliffside. That doesn't have to be anywhere. You can always just be. I think one of the reasons that people enjoy uh, the idea of running to a forest outside of get, escaping other people is, is uh, the, 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 the escape from the other things that you have tethered to the real world. Like your phone is probably the worst offender. And I'm not saying that phones are evil, but because of your phone, it's so impossible to run away from the world. You get notifications when someone wants to communicate with you. In fact, you have tons of apps on your phone, and I know I turned them off, I hope you do the same, but you have tons of apps on your phone sending you notifications every 20 to 30 minutes because they want you to be engaged with their product. I don't watch Buzz, uh, read BuzzFeed, but my wife does, and uh, I'm not saying anything wrong about that or BuzzFeed, but her, their app is ridiculous. They send so many notifications all day. I like uh, weather notifications. I like to know if rain is coming. Uh, I like the news sometimes. Um, generally speaking, I get notifications when there's a hurricane or something awful happening. But, uh, but for the most part, I like to be disconnected from that and choose when I'm interacting with something because then I can have my time for myself. Sometimes that is not the case. It's hard to choose and it's hard for technology to know what you want. So to just disconnect for a minute, to turn off your phone or silence it or put it in another room and just sit and think or read or or uh, draw paint listen to music whatever, whatever it is that, that you want to do disconnected from the rest of i want to say the rest of our media the rest of the world is is just so so important um and and that's why i don't like the concept because because what what people are defining uh, and, and creating there is that that you need a forest which is you need a specific set of circumstances which is you need to find yourself uh, here instead of not being able to escape whatever it is that you're doing you can escape you can escapism is completely healthy escapism when you need to be engaged is not healthy but but those moments, and, and I talked about it last episode, um, that I'd quit smoking, but one of the best parts of smoking was being able to walk away from something and say, I'm going to go not deal with this right now. And sometimes you thought about whatever it was that, that was going on, you just needed a break from it, and sometimes you, you, just, you just walked away. And that was amazing. I missed, I missed that. You know, smokers have this amazing advantage when they're when people are uh are, are 
comfortable with smoke breaks, and usually the non-smokers are, uh, are talking behind you about your back, like, look, that guy just runs away with a cigarette, stupid, whatever. But but the, to be able to walk away for just 10, 15 minutes is such a huge advantage, and that's probably what kept me, kept me smoking as long as I did. I smoked at home, smoked outside, I smoked at the bars, and I, I did go to the bars a lot, but at work was when I did the most productive smoking and now that i think about it i've been talking about smoking a lot so maybe i'll just back off on that one but the idea is that you need to find a space for yourself honestly right now one of the reasons that i have uh, fallen as as into love with riding a motorcycle as i have is because i connect with the peace that's required one of the things you can't do with a motorcycle and I'm sure plenty of people do it anyway, much to the detriment of their riding ability, is you can't get on a motorcycle angry. Or you shouldn't. Or preoccupied. And one of the reasons that I love being on a motorcycle is that if I get on a motorcycle angry or preoccupied, the minute I I disengage the clutch and I start in first gear... I've cleared my mind of everything else going on. The only thing that matters to me is my body position, my hands, my eyes, my head, the bike, the road. Everything else stops mattering. Because what, what, what's most important about that, that experience is that if you're not 100% engaged even if you are 100% engaged, but if you are not 100% engaged, you are putting your right life and li- at risk. Life and limb are at risk. That's what I was trying to say before I, I stumbled on it. They, they, um, they have all of these tips available for you. It, it's kind of amazing. I more or less learned how to ride a motorcycle thanks to YouTube. Uh, people like Moto Jitsu and uh, uh, Dan Dan the Fireman, and to a lesser ex- extent, uh, like Yami Noob, where, where I learned how to ride a motorcycle by witnessing their mistakes, but also taking in their best practices and their advice. And, and two of those people have gone on to become instructors, and the other one is just kind of sarcastic. But, but being able to, to look at people's experiences there... Um, gave me a lot of inclination. I gave, I got a mental picture of how riding a motorcycle should be. On top of that, I tortured myself with thousands of bike videos involving accidents or near misses so that I would also know what to expect from, from cars. And I'm really thankful I did that because it would have been a, a hell of a shock to realize that cars don't see you when you're on a motorcycle. Here is mad truth. <laughs> mad truth. You should be 100% engaged anytime you are operating a motor vehicle. 100%. Period. I get angry with people who aren't. Probably more so than I should. But if you're on your phone, if you're um, looking for something your kid dropped underneath your seat, you are not 100% engaged. If you are messing with your, your, your music, if you are... Um, if you're talking on the phone, 
if you're texting, if you're even if you're having a conversation with the person next to you, unless you are certain, and I know that you're not, unless you are certain that you are 100% engaged with the road, you are you are not 100% engaged. If you say I think or I probably, you are not. I know that my wife and I have uh, headsets in our, uh, our motorcycle helmets, and they help us communicate um, while we're while we're riding. And it's actually a hell of a tool because when it comes to riding, it is very helpful to let your passenger know what your intentions are. That way they can set up themselves for not being surprised. Uh, if you brake too hard, they'll, their helmet's going to smack you. If you accelerate too hard without letting them know, they could fall off the back of the bike. It happens. Um, and if you're going to take a turn, it's good to let them know where their body position should be, even if you've done it a hundred times to say, okay, I need you to lean against this one to, to have that communication. But we also talk. It's not that we don't talk. We have conversations there. But I know that when we have a conversation, anytime I'm talking, what I'll have to do is meter what I'm saying against what I'm doing. And if I'm not 100% engaged with the road, I can't talk. I'll stumble I'll, I know where my priorities are, I know where the processes are, and I'll just I'll have to wait until whatever I'm doing allows me to, to talk again. And so for her, if I'm navigating traffic, I'm a lot quieter than if we're on the open road. Even with my wife on the back seat and with our uh, cases full and, and the bike heavy and hard to manage, my, my attention is on the experience. And because I'm up on two wheels, it's much more, I wouldn't say difficult, but I would say the risk is higher, that there's a danger factor. I'm being on two wheels. There are fewer mistakes that you can make that end on you being on, all two, on both wheels. Whereas if you were in a car and you make a mistake and you hit that pothole the wrong way, you might pop a tire, but you're not going to flip the car over. That's not to say that there aren't instances where a car could flip over from your inattentiveness, but it's possible. It's, it's less possible. And so for me, anytime I'm on a bike, the minute I've, I've engaged the gear, I'm 100% in it. And that to me is Zen. I do the same thing for shooting, believe it or not. I know that a lot of people are very negative about uh, guns. I understand the position. I get it. We're not here to argue about that. But what I will tell you is that when I'm at a shooting range, and it doesn't matter what gun is in my hand, there is a technique, there's muscle memory, there's a body position, there's my identifying the target, there's my knowing what is behind the target, there's my being prepared to shoot, there's my um, actions, the muscle memory involved in the actions, pulling the trigger, getting comfortable with the weapon, all of those things that happen and in order to hit your target, a per perfect set of circumstances will come together. Your sights will align. Your breathing will be... I don't believe in, in breathing out to take a shot because I do competition shooting. But your breathing will be lined up with the way you expect to shoot. You're not sharply breathing. You're not, you're not huffing. You're not, you're not, even if you've done a, a run, you've found some way to suppress your breathing, to keep it in line until you, you, you have the chance to, to do that again. Everything lines up. Your heart comes back into, if your heart's out of control, and anybody who, who shoots, if your heart's out of control, you're not going to be able to hold that weapon steady. You slow down your heart. And then 
you know when you pull the trigger, an explosion is going to happen in your hands. You're aware of that. Your body's more aware of it than your brain is. Because your brain knows you want to pull the trigger. Your body says no, which is why most of us flinch. That's why most of us will dip the gun trying to hold down that explosion. And if you can fight all of those natural instincts, and if you can bring your whole body into one position, and if you can align all of the metaphysical things going on, you can pull the trigger and you can hit your target. And to me, that is Zen. And the, the, the ability to repeat that on command is Zen. And that's, that's a meditation for me. That's, that's, what I, that's what I agree with. That's, that's being on a motorcycle. That's sitting in a forest. That's being on the side of a canyon. That's very different. But it's where you find it. And so, I guess the whole point of this diatribe was that I don't like forest bathing as a concept. I know, I know why it exists, I know why people refer to it, and I know why people appreciate it. But I also think that if you only limit yourself to the conditions you believe should be relaxing, to the conditions where you can meditate for yourself, that you will never find that harmony. You'll only find excuses. Focus is a Patreon-supported podcast. Thank you again for listening. This one was kind of close to my heart. Um, I don't know. I get very annoyed when I think of Instagram trends because I'm an old coot. But in this case, in particular, I got upset because I, I don't like that, that people try to put labels on things. And I think in this case, it's actually detrimental to the idea. It's a great idea. It's just... Now, rather than, rather than finding a place to relax, people are going to, uh, to forest to take selfies to brag about forest bathing. And, and do, they, do they even enjoy it? Or are they just worried about their Instagram engagement? I don't know. But I did mention it before, the Patreon um, bonus from now on. One of them, one of the one of the bonuses uh, for any Patreon subscriber is the uh, the the excuse me, I'm not coming up with words right now uh, is is the moment of silence, which is when I find a place where I can find that piece. I will take a video of it and I will share it with you as often as I can. Uh, the first one actually being uh, from the inside of the RV during a rainstorm. That I think I think it'll be fun. I think we'll have some fun with that. So thank you again to Anastasia Beaverhausen, Vigilante, The White Prince, and Enrique Ramos for your continued support. It means so much to me. God. I'm getting close. This has been doing this for seven months. I can't believe that. And I can't believe we're calling it season two, but here we are. Um, I would love to know how you feel about meditation and forest bathing and zen and whatever it is that you do. That, that you find relaxing. If you're interested in sharing that or sharing those moments or, I don't know, putting up a YouTube video or whatever it is that you do, I would love to experience that or at least hear about what your experiences are. Ron at FocusByCisco.com. You can find my website, FocusByCisco.com. 
uh, which is pretty easy to find. Otherwise, I'm on Twitch as well, like everybody else. If you decide that you want to share this with somebody, I hope you share it because it meant something to you and not because you think they need to hear it. I'll see you when the plot requires it. Until next time, be excellent to each other.